0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Sip Pop Writer's Room. Not your typical episode, we're not really talking about a, reviewing a movie today, but instead uh, I have my new friend James on the show, James McCoskey. Welcome, James.
1: Hello, thank you, Aaron, for having me.
0: Yeah, of course, I'm really excited to have you, I'm really excited to talk about things. Uh, James is a, uh, sorry, what is your fil- what is your title?
1: Uh, uh, titles are uh, many here at Zoetrope. We wear many hats, as I said, but I was hired as the film archivist and uh, later turned into the post production supervisor for some of the current films that we, we may may be producing to restoration supervisor which is the role I've been uh, doing for the last uh, many years
0: now. Nice. Same roles just different titles essentially. Uh,
1: yes, we just we plug holes where the where there where there's water, you know. We we are if there's a problem, we 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 step up to 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 solve it. So, but mainly uh, you know, Francis hired me about 20 years ago. 20 years ago this this year uh after he worked on apocalypse now redux he saw that there was a big problem of going through the amazing amount of material that they shot for that film and uh he said well we need we need someone that's formally trained you know to to do this an archivist so they they brought me on board uh, they had a previous person named Catherine Craig who was uh, uh, worked in visual effects, who knew the collection, and so I sort of took on uh, over her, her role, uh, and you know then we started doing One from the Heart and Outsiders, and uh, to try to make that job a little easier for the editing, for the editor uh, to to understand what they had and what they could do uh, when they were making or preparing these special versions, these different cuts. You know, uh, as you see and as you know, Apocalypse Now is three different cuts. It's Apocalypse Now, the original, uh, Redux, final cut. Then he got Outsiders. He got Outsiders, the complete novel, one from the heart. And then he cut. So you know, Francis loves to tinker.
0: You know,
1: right? And so, well, and look, to do that, to give him the ability to tinker, you he has to know what he has. So
0: right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's almost surprising that there's not like a longer godfather cut, but it's cuz that's the theatrical cut.
1: <laughs> it's the theatrical and, and 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 there's a rare time where he'll say it's it those those movies are perfect as they are, you know. So uh, some films so- uh, so for, for him, uh, it, he likes to say, "Well, that's not exactly how I wanted it to be, but I had to leave it alone, and I hopefully come back to it after 30 years, which he did." So, anyway, sorry, I interrupted.
0: No, no, it's, uh, it's just wanted to clarify. Um, so, so you work for a company that is owned by Francis Ford Coppola, or?
1: Yeah. So Francis Ford Coppola in 1969, with uh, the help of George Lucas and Walter Murch and, and uh, John Milius, uh, Carol Ballard, many wonderful filmmakers came together to form American Zoetrope here in San Francisco, California, and uh, the idea of making films that they were passionate about, films that. Uh, uh, they didn't see were traditional Hollywood films uh, made and making films outside of that Hollywood tradition uh, just sort of had their own sort of uh, ability to be creative on on their own time and energy and with people that they loved and cared for um,
0: so that that was sort of the spirit of zoetrope it still is is today so so it's not just uh, Coppola's Filmography, but there's potential for Spielberg or or other stuff. I mean, you you just have predominantly worked with Coppola's films. Well,
1: right? you know how Zoetrope came to be in the Francis is that uh, we own many of Francis's films. But however, if it was uh, George's stuff or whatever, those were owned. Those were deals made by uh, with Warner Brothers, or say, and yeah. they uh, they would own those films. Um, right. Godfather was something we don't own, but we collaborated with the studio. So we yes, we had some sort of connection with those those titles that are owned by the studios. And uh, we were fortunate and still are fortunate we have good relationship with the studios. And if we wanted to do a restoration or something that we've been great
0: to collaborate with and they've been open
1: to our collaboration.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and um, for, for reference, I, we'll get to a little bit more of the filmography. I, I guess I, I wanted to start off with one thing real quick. I guess just when did you realize that like, I mean, you got plenty of film posters behind you and all that, and obviously uh, just listening. I, your your interview with um, films at home, uh, I listened to it, that was great. I just uh, it, like in following you on Twitter and all that. Like, it's clear you're a movie fan. Like, I guess when did you kind of realize like that's your thing?
1: Well, it started in the '90s. I grew up in a community in Santa Cruz, uh, California, which uh, had a very not realized uh, history in in, in in film. It was sort of um, known to the community that. Hollywood could have been anywhere in in the beginning of of, of the silent era. Uh, Hollywood wasn't really defined. It could have been in Ithaca, New York. It could have been in Santa Barbara. It was in L.A., of course, and it wound up there. But it could have been anywhere. Santa Cruz found its place in sort of that early days of filmmaking and attracted some of the very uh, big names from D.W. Griffith to um, uh, Tom Mix, uh, William S. Hart to uh, Mary Pickford. Uh, these these were the, the 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 artists of their day, and they found themselves in Santa Cruz. So I love that aspect of it, and uh, thought you know Santa Cruz deserved to have that highlighted and, and care for its film history, and wanted to to elevate that so more people knew about that. And I went to school at UCSC, the University of Santa Cruz, uh, and, and got my formal BA in, in film history which later then went to get a, a a degree in in film archiving so i then thankfully have been able to come back to the bay area and sort of do what i originally wanted it to do which is care for our region's history in in, in filmmaking and and thankfully found myself and one of, of the most influential guys uh to make films in this area so
0: that's incredible yeah. Do you, do you have like a particular like movie or movie going experience that like really just made you fall in love? You're like, Oh man, like this, this is the stuff that dreams are made of. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, I was very fortunate as a kid, you know, my mom worked at a grocery store for 30 years. And when she was young and, uh, she, she, uh, would work graveyard shifts and I would go and see her, uh, in the morning, uh, and she would get free tickets to go to the movie theater next door. And so, you know, as babysitters, I guess I was put to go to the movie theaters, and I would see, you know, airplane, you know, crazy stuff like airplane. I remember seeing Chariots of Fire. Indiana Jones was a big uh, impression on me because I saw, I remember seeing that thirteen times in the in the theater. You know, luckily I was getting it for uh, free, but that that was an incredible experience and still sticks to me. I remember seeing Dune, David Lynch's Dune, and that was a... you know, what I. Was eighty four. I was like maybe eight years old. And what a crazy experience that would have been! <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to be experienced, David Lynch. <laughs> you know. But that was a big event for us at that time. I remember the the lines out the door that was around the block to see Dune. You know, and so that showed to me that uh, film is an experience, It's an event. You know, and and, and the community can come out and, and be together uh, and sit in the theater together and experience this film. And that's yeah. a that's a fun thing about. It. You know, we sort of lost a little bit of that during COVID, you know, and has been for a while on the decline of the theatrical experience. But that's something Fra- Francis, my boss, like Coppola, uh, always appreciated about film is this collective experience as a community, you know, so.
0: That's awesome. Uh If you have a favorite film of all time, what is it? Oh, uh,
1: Francis gets us asked and I, I'm the same way. It's like, how, how do you pick? There's so many genres and so many. It was like I could pick. Uh, you know the searchers or or uh, uh, Rashomon or, or you know there's just so you can't name it to just one. You know I love for horror The Shining is a great thing. Uh, Indiana Jones, The um, Jaws is the great blockbuster of the of the subject. That's a tight film. So it's a it's a I I can't you can't name just one. I don't think anyone as a film, a fan could just name one. Yeah so. I yeah I.
0: I, I think the way i tend to categorize it is i just say like what is the movie like i'm, I'm really not huge on re-watching films i mean i'd rather I, there's just too many films i haven't seen that i'm yeah. just like how can i justify watching this one you know again even though i love it but i'm just like what is that one that i want to watch the most time before i die and so uh, it, it's the nice guys for me i, I adore that film
1: yeah um, i i'd say you know it's like i think it was very really silent films i always liked there's a there's a great british film called shooting stars and i saw it a few years ago at uh, at the silent film festival, and I said, "That is the most incredible silent film experience. It's not a silent film, uh, I, from the music to just the plot. It's like I didn't, I didn't know that there was no dialogue. It just, I sat there and watching. It. It's like that's the best movie. I mean, it's like especially that was almost a hundred years that that could still resonate and still be powerful after a hundred years. That's that's movie making for you. So it's finding those gems that just like they just stand out and it's like, yeah, uh, what what." What is that movie experience? And it's just like there are so many of them. It's just so hard
0: to nail down just that one. Sure. Yeah, I totally understand. Uh, so you mentioned uh, you went to you went to college and uh, got a, f- a degree in film history, right? And yeah, then uh, film, and then and, a, yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then a graduate work in um, the uh, University North of East
1: Anglia, Norwich, England, to who uh, had a, a film archive, a regional film archive attached to the program. Which was wonderful because uh, they actually did archiving there, and it was a model for England uh, to to take care of that region's history in film. And Manchester, uh, uh, London, uh, to 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 um, Sheffield, all started developing their own sort of regional archives. It's a very different model here in the states, uh, but it, it was one that. Uh, I, I liked seeing because like coming out of Santa Cruz, I was like, "Oh, that that's something we should you know help have here." So
0: yeah. So uh, what I guess what made you want to pursue that field? What made you? I mean, a lot of people that aspire to be in the movie business aspire. You know, I want to direct or I want to write or I want to act. Like you you're like I want to take films that have already been made and I want to polish them up and make them pristine.
1: Well, I was, I was interested in just sort of you know whatever you caught on the Friday night movie. You know those those things were those classics, the Hitchcocks. Uh, uh, the weird films that no one's seen, but you see it at three o'clock in the morning. Um, that that was that. Maybe a you know a fan of it, but making films that requires a special talent. The nice thing about the film industry, there's so many facets. You could go into any costume designs. You know, you you don't have to be a filmmaker or a director, but you you love costumes, you could become in that lighting, electrician, uh, grip to uh, production design. Film archiving was one of those facets that I said that's where I fit. You know, I'm I i do not have the patience to be a director or a deal a deal of talent. Like that that's a special special craft. You know, and people like Francis uh, has has that skill and talent that uh, many many people don't, and I certainly did not.
0: Sure. Uh, so we we've kind of danced around a little bit. I know I know specifically you were a big part of the. I, I, I guess maybe my understanding standing based off the films at home podcast the the films at home podcast the the only part of of restoring the recent godfather 4k release uh i mean at least the only one actually working on it i mean obviously there's there's got to be some sort of oversight or team i'm sure i'm sure francis had we'll we'll get to that in a little bit but like you worked on the godfather trilogy and you mentioned apocalypse now and a couple other films kind of what's uh uh are there other ones that we're missing like' well, not really not working like, on one from I'm the heart,
1: for which is uh nineteen eighty two film right after apocalypse we're working on that we we just finished uh another collaboration with with paramount you know thankfully uh Godfather was a collaboration between uh Zoetrope, uh francis and, and and paramount uh and that went went very well and we looked at another film to see if we could collaborate on and miss paris burning, which Francis was loosely connected to in nineteen sixty six uh he was a writer with Gore Vidal. Uh, and, uh, so we thought I oh, would we'll give that a try. That was an event film, a three hour, another three hour, uh, long war film. Uh, and I thought that, that was kind of, would be intriguing to, to, to do. Uh, we also, you know, we worked on a film called Tucker, which is Francis's mid eighties film, uh, about Preston Tucker, the, the, uh, the outside outlier, uh, battling against the, the big five of, uh, car, you know, these things, these were passion projects for, for, for Francis. And Tucker was one of those that we got back into our library and and wanted to, to restore and re-release. So we also did uh dementia 13 Francis's first film, uh, that he did in 1963, where he met his wife, uh, Eleanor and still married today. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's it. I, I would say I would go back to Godfather, you know, Godfather, um, we we weren't slated to do. We were supposed to do Godfather three. We were supposed to do uh, the new cut of it. And you know, COVID came along and uh, shut down a lot of a lot of facilities. So it was harder to get things through the lab. There was so much work being done that was hard. Uh, that they said, well, you've done Godfather three. Why don't you kind of help us out? So it was a very uh, fortunate situation, lucky situation. If anything was lucky at of COVID, that that uh, getting a little extra work and working on Godfather
0: was certainly. Uh, uh, very lucky. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, when, when Godfather Coda came out, it, it was just a Blu-ray. It wasn't... And I was like, we're in the days of 4K now. Like, why is this not... Uh, gotta, and I, yeah, and I picked up the something. trilogy. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I picked up the trilogy, and it, it looks gorgeous, by the way. Uh, it just really immaculate work, especially. Like, I know... And maybe this is the answer to, like, the next question I had there, but there's, like, what is... Well, it like, what is the hardest film that you've had to work on? Because, like, from my understanding, like the original reels of the first Godfather film were just mm-hmm. like so destroyed and damaged because people weren't, yeah, interested in preserving film at the time. Well, it
1: was not as, as not as it was the lack of interest as you know, like film history, as these films were made to make a a, a buck and they didn't think about preservation. They were just used uh, to make prints uh, for the next release, uh, but you know, with with your question about what's the hardest film? That's, that's every film has its own challenges. Apocalypse Now, you know, it's three different cuts. It's yeah. how, how to how to as, uh, assemble that. The challenge of, of Apocalypse is the original negative was cut, so you had to find all the little things that were removed and and and, and put the puzzle back together. And the same with the Godfather One. It was a puzzle. It was uh, all these pieces over the years have been removed. Uh, thankfully. a a lot of it had been kept, uh, but it was finding those cans. A lot of the labels fallen off, and Paramount had a wonderful team to do that investigating uh, work and to dig these out. You know, back in 2007, Robert Harris, who did Lawrence Arabia, Spartacus, My Fair Lady, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, who we worked with on Napoleon too uh started doing the restoration and he was uh, sort of the very first person to say you know all the previous restorations and the efforts did their own harm to the negative and he was tasked to try to find all the various elements but you know he got it to a certain level but there were still more that uh, could be found and i think from 2007 to to 2022 we were able to find more material that uh, came out of other other cans uh that weren't discovered or were available in 2007 so it was it's been a an effort over the last 15 20 years to get it back to what it might have looked like back in the original r- release
0: yeah well I'm, again it just it, it looks incredible it looks gorgeous uh the hard it, one
1: because you're right real one is is a patchwork it's it's a it, it, it was a quilt made of scra- different scraps uh they could find you know in 1997 it was probably the the worst effort uh, i wouldn't say the worst i mean these are good people but there's limitations with technology and you know uh they may not have wanted to cut the negative and certainly that's no one wants to do that but It can't if it can't go through the printer it can't go through the the printer and being an analog process and and it's it's very hard uh, on the film elements itself so if it it, if the burps are damaged or if there's tears it's only going to make the situation worse so they made decisions uh to cut things out and replace it with duplicate material or 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 other elements that uh, um that could go through so it compromised it for our previous restoration, but now with digital restoration, you're able to sort of take those bits that they couldn't work with 20 years ago. And now with techno scanning technology being more gentler with the uh, the assets, now you can bring it back to the level that they would have wanted back in 97 or previous generations.
0: Sure. Uh you, you, we, you mentioned briefly early kind of the change from the COVID pandemic. I mean, what was that like? I mean, like you you mentioned something about labs like is how much your work, your work is done. Where, like where, um, how, how was the, how did the pandemic affect the, um, the, the process of restoring films? I mean, I mean, you mentioned it actually increased your workload, which I mean, is, is interesting to me because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I guess, well, I guess my thought is the, the, the thing that I visualize is like, you're in, uh, like, like the the red rooms where people are, you know, dealing with, with negatives and, and, and like working with things but like, I know that's not the actual reality. Uh, so like what, how did the COVID pandemic affect the job?
1: Well, uh, I, I kind of, again, lucky that I feel like we were always COVID compliant before COVID hit. Cause we moved a lot of our offices to, to home uh, be, before COVID. So we were kind of best suited when COVID hit. A lot of people were like, how do we deal with this new reality? am I like, going back to the office or the labs are shut down, or the labs only have, can only allow a couple of people in a room. You know? So uh, we were fortunate that we were already, our infrastructure was already at home. Uh, so we had a leg up on that. Uh, what we found during COVID is certain labs that were used by a lot of the studios, uh, a lot of the Indian studios uh, or the Chinese studios, they were closed because they were under lockdown and no one was going going to work and so you had this big influx even if there were projects there were so many of them it was just the bandwidth got constricted mm-hmm. which we didn't necessarily have i still had my lab in la that did the color uh and i did all the, cl- the, the cleanup and, and and paramount moved their facility uh workers off site so they got up and running fairly quickly so the three of us, Paramount Zoetrope, and our lab in LA, which is Roundabout, were able to maintain uh, the the pipeline and, and keep things going. So
0: that's cool. Um, I guess one of the things we were talking about before we started recording is just that. Like, I, I feel like this is um, uh, an art, and and like you mentioned, it's it's an art that doesn't really get talked about a lot. Um, and but like, it's it's so important. I mean, I, I recently watched uh, The Apartment for the first time. And I watched the arrows videos released and there was like a, uh, a a special feature that like showed the actual work of, of restoring the film. I thought, it was like two minutes long, but it was remarkable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess, uh I, I guess the question I have here, and maybe it's worded wrong is just, is, is does it feel like a thankless job? I mean, cause like one of the things we mentioned before is just, it just feels like it's, like you don't, you don't really have like an IMDB page or, or anything like that. Like, does the question make like make sense? Well, I don't, with we're not here
1: to. Think, I mean, it's rewarding for us to be work, working on it. I mean, it's thankless. I mean, that's all. All uh, filmmaking is that. It's not just one person. Yeah, you have the director, but the director you know, Francis will always say it's like, well, if I didn't have uh, Vittorio, my cinematographer, or if I didn't have Dean as my production designer, that's the team. And so we're just all part of this this project. So. I I I am fine with it. I consider myself the cockroach of the company. If you start seeing me, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, that's time to whack them back out and go back into the world. Uh, yeah, you know, I, it, it's not entirely thankless. If you do if you do uh, a, a good work, you know, people like you or uh, the reviews will, will 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 talk about you know how how it looks and compare it to the previous versions. And that I think that's the most rewarding part of it is that people do respond and see good work that uh, and and that are uh, uh, a lot of times seeing it for for the first time and uh, acknowledging that you know this is light years from the previous release you sure. know yeah. so I don't know if we're here for the thanks you know
0: <laughs> well and if it's something you love you you do it yeah. for the joy and the and the the thrills that you get out of it not necessarily for the but like I just I just I guess I'm also wanted to ask that question just to say like there are, or at least to just affirm or say like, there are people um, like people that like listen to this podcast, people are part of our community, people that guest on it um, that just really respect like the work that goes into this stuff. So um, yeah, Uh, I guess sort of a question. uh, One of our writers Foster asked, he said uh, uh, how much experience is is needed to to participate in restoration work? And I guess I, 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 we, we talked about like your your degrees and your experience in education for that but like w- when do you, they wouldn't give the Godfather to somebody like just starting off like which is kind of ironic because Al already was just starting off as a producer doing the Godfather you know, um yeah but, like what what do you think is like uh well, h- how much experience do you think it would take to do something like that <sighs>
1: Well, with the actual hands-on, the digital restoration, you certainly, we had already been doing that type of work since 2016, you know, four or five years. Prior prior to do that, uh, our experience was working side by side with a lot of the restoration artists or the labs in color sessions with colorists. Uh, and our experience is being in these rooms and learning from that those teams of what problems are and um and, and understanding uh the techniques and also you know we have a great community uh amia which is our um association of, of motion picture archivists and we talk about you know restorations and what 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 qualifies and remastering for its restoration and there's a debate and how far you go to, to what what is our um our, our our what do you call it um i would say Hey, guardrails. That's what the word. I'm not, What are our guardrails of restoration? So you don't, you stay in your lane. You don't go too far afield and becomes some, some weird wacky film that no one, uh, no one can recognize anymore. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's being part of the community. It's being part of uh, uh, this tradition, of being part of the, getting experience working with the labs and the studios and understanding what, you know, the rules, and I, I, I'm, I'm thankful I have Francis because he's all he's the ultimate guy for me to say what 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 we do to his films, you know. And if he wants to cut it, that's it. But it, you know, uh, a lot of people don't don't have that uh, if you're working for the British Film Institute or you're working for UCLA, they don't they don't they're, they're not in touch with a lot of the artists these days because these films are a you know, hundred years old, and so yeah. the only thing that they can go to is based on. Uh, the best print that they can. And, you know, they're not wanting to put fingerprints or anything that's not genuine to what an audience may have seen at that time. So we're, we're, we are constantly having that discussion of what we can do and what we shouldn't do, you know?
0: Well, and it, I'm sure it's significantly easier when you, know, you get to work with the director as opposed to, if I do have an easier job with it. Yes. yes that, like, that is like true. obviously Hitchcock isn't around to, to give his input, his yes. advice or, yeah. Um something like that but yeah it, it, that seems really nice. Um so how many people might be involved in the restoration of a film?
1: Well, uh I, it it could be a lot depending on the studio uh for I'll say for a zoetrope, you know, it's it could be three people. I got like a sound department. I got one guy Jim McKee who's worked with us for many 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 many, many years uh who will do all my sound work. I uh, have Robbie Schaefer, who's my editor and, and uh, Jack of All Trades. Uh we both kind of share the, the cleanup work. Uh and, and he and if it's a new cut, he will you know conform the, the new cut for us and get the deliverables ready to go to, to the lab to do the final color. Uh so there's three there, and then you got you got the uh the lab, which you know is our colorist. Uh so you know it could be a handful. But uh, that's, that's sort of unique because usually, you know, uh, the, the luxury here is I have time. And a lot of studios don't have time. They have more people and they can crunch these things out faster or clean up. You know, I, I'll take a our, our, our reel a month. And a lot of people who are in the, in, 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 in the field will say, that's so long. You take forever. You know, you'd six months to a film. You know, we need to clean up in two weeks. Well, I don't have the staff to to do that, but I have time and, you know, I don't, not under a strict, strict deadline. But if I was a studio, I would have a different pressure to, to, to get, they have a lot more titles than me too. Sure.
0: So, um, so, so kind of along that you you say roughly six months per project. Give or take, I mean, God, I'm Apocalypse
1: sure. was like 20 reels, so that was like <laughs> me. That was a year.
0: Well, and, God- and for Apocalypse Godfather, with the three different cuts. I mean, do you ha- did you just restore all that was there, and then Francis got to assemble it, or did you like do all three of them individually? I, I took or- the,
1: the most complete version, of the original negative, which was cut to a re- Redux, and we restored that, and then we found all the bits that would make, you know, uh, uh, the original version. And, and then we would store that, and then we would conform that in into cut. And then a final cut was basically, you know, Redux minus uh, fifteen minutes of footage. You know, so
0: sure, yeah. Um. So so roughly ish, like six months. Do you do you have some sort of like uh like a timetable? I mean, I, like you you just kind of mentioned you don't you particularly don't really have that. Um. I mean, I, I get because one of the questions that one of our writers asked was just. Do you get the timeline you want or like like VFX artists are specifically like get the get the the shit end of the stick because they they oh yeah, have, well, uh, they're in Post.
1: Everybody in Post gets the short end of the stick.
0: because well, they're just like they've got like just a couple. <laughs> weeks Sound department has no. T- yes, <laughs> they've got like what a month to get Transformers done or something like that, and then you know, and so yeah. sometimes it looks really sloppy. And uh, but I I got to imagine uh, that's, that's that,
1: the point. they get a lot of people involved, and then they can do it in a shorter amount of time and throw a lot right. of money off it. Well, so, like, I got
0: to imagine Paramount really wanted the Godfather trilogy release this year, giving us the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, actually,
1: credit of of uh, Andrea Callis. Uh, who runs the Paramount uh,
0: Film market? Uh,
1: she was the one that spearheaded the whole thing uh, five years ago and said, you know, the 50th anniversary is coming and Godfather is not an easy, the trilogy, it's not an easy uh, collection of films to restore. So uh, they saw that coming. And you know, a lot of people would not have known that this was a challenge because they are uh, sitting in their office and they got a schedule and they go, well, let's do Godfather, but not realizing all the complexities that go into restoring a film like The Godfather it will need time so thankfully the studio recognized that and gave us gave us the time to do do the way we would want it to and not rush it
0: yeah um one question again that that Luke asked uh, it, and I think I worded it a little bit differently but like is there something that you do differently than everybody else in the business is there something that you have kind of like I feel like all artists have their fingerprints on something and and I we we talked There's a little always, bit kind yeah. of about integrity about your your job is really to give the director's vision not your vision of the film Um, yeah
1: everybody you know has their tastes and 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 choices and the fingerprints do like it or not do crop in you know i i'm 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 more on the philosophy less is more i i don't uh like uh grain management or grain so i have my tastes a lot of people don't understand the aesthetic of film, you know, and, and mm-hmm. when they see that, they see it as a problem. And so uh, it's all the same tools, it's all the same skill sets, but it then the matters, boils down to tastes of the people, individual people that go into it. Uh, I, you know, again, have Francis, uh, he's ultimately the guy that says what, what he wants the presentation to look like um i'm i feel that as i said i'm 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 the one that you shouldn't see so much you shouldn't see my work <laughs> you know you should see the film so I, I i do sort of the less is the more and and it should look at, as the original uh texture and feel of the of the original presentation sure. so though with the caveat there's new technology hdr brings up you know, no one's ever seen a film like that. Well, mm-hmm. you're not going to get an original presentation in HDR. You're going to get a new presentation. And so Francis always feels that it is a good thing to explore new technology and Atmos. We did Apocalypse Now in Atmos, you know, uh, that we should be able to explore that. But we offer the, the original aesthetic, uh, you know, uh, Walter Murch's original mix of, uh, of the conversation is in, was mono. And we don't shy away with it. It was a great soundtrack then. It's a great soundtrack now, and we offered that so people can experience it. However, it didn't stop us from making a five five
0: one, you know uh, uh, of it. so yeah.
1: So it's one foot in the past, one foot in the future, kind of kind of thing.
0: So uh, I guess uh, this is probably a really dumb question to ask, but like after six months of of spending so much time with with the particular film, you know, give or take, like are you kind of sick of the film afterwards? I mean like for The Godfather it's like how do you ever get tired of a film like that? But like No, I I never no,
1: certainly uh no, I never get tired of it. I I because one I I'm watching it silent forever and I'm watching it frame by frame. So I'm not really seeing the film in in a narrative way I, i'm seeing it in a more of a technical way and every time i go take it down to color uh, and i bring sound into it so it's a it's a different experience uh so i don't get I, I don't get sick of it and you know francis never gets sick of it i can ask him to watch the film and he will watch it over and over again and, and making notes and i always love uh when i work with him just that if he likes the work he'll start talking about stories of the production and telling you. So he gets distracted about other things. And so he's settling in and watching the film and experiencing it uh, and comfortable with it. And, and I know we've done a good job because he's not distracted with the technical issues or anything. Hmm.
0: That's really interesting. Uh, that's awesome. How, uh, just how, how often do you like actually get to enter? I mean, you seem to be on a first name basis with, uh, with Francis Ford Coppola, but like, like is, is it just kind of like, uh, shoots emails or whatever? Or like, is it like a weekly check? Like how, how often do you actually get to interact with him? Uh,
1: well, it depends on the, on the, on the project. I mean, he, he is a very active do, working on his own, own projects. Uh, I will, we primarily, you know, communicate through, through e- email these days, you know, and, uh, that's, that's our mode of, communication, but when we show him things, we'll usually be in a screening room and or we'll bring him down and uh to, to a room in LA to look at final color for his approval. So um yeah. Uh, what what's great about Francis is, you know, work and play for him uh, is is the same. And we're all sort of uh, you know, he's there's no weekends for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh which is amazing, you know. Uh and so we'll he will come up with some one, wonderful projects to to be associated with. And it's never it's never a dull moment. There will be some weird things that come out of left field and, because it's all a part of his process of what's the next project he's working on. And it, that's the fun part. It's like, you know, we're not pigeonholed to do one thing that he'll come up and say, okay, let's let's try to do this. And it's like, well, I don't know how to do that. He's like, well, don't worry about it. I don't know either. But we'll learn <laughs> and we'll figure it out. And that's, that's, that was a great thing to be able to grow with Zoetrope is that, you know, we, we may not know what we are doing at first, but we have an aptitude to try to figure it out and know that we, know group. we have the community. And it's all, again, it's all for him as the film family, the community, that we all figure it out together, we connect with people that can solve problems, you know.
0: Yeah, that's, care about that's really great. Yeah. Uh, it's, it sounds like a really great environment. Uh, So you you mentioned kind of going through the films frame by frame. I guess can you can you kind of like walk me through like what is it that you actually do like on a day to day basis aside to giving interviews to podcast people with two hundred Twitter followers.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, when I jump off your call, I'll be going back from one from the heart, and I'm working on real four right now, uh, um, and I've done a level of uh, first um, when I get scans from LA. I will go through it, inspect it for any uh, problems, make notes of it. Uh and then I'll start going into the the weeds, stabilization, splice bumps, uh, uh what the damage that were done to the films that get the film out of registration and I try to stabilize the the, the film. And when I say stabilize, it's it's not deterioration, it's it's the actual physical movement of the film mm-hmm. itself and so I start to uh lessen the that movement to be more natural. A lot of it's because of perf damage. So uh we we have to we, you know, address that, and then I start dealing with the the sparkle, the dirt, the the scratches, and 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 get that back because uh, over the last you know how many years the film's been in circulation, it starts collecting layers and layers of dust and dirt because every time it goes through a printer, it collects some new art. Um, and going back to what you said earlier about you know uh, the you know abuse these things these weren't abuse i consider it love these are love marks this film has been loved over the last 50 years and you know godfather was certainly loved uh, and it it the more it went through the printer was the more times it was trying to get out to an audience that uh, to, to show the film but that process was so brutal to films uh that it did it it it, it 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 took a um uh, a lot of wear and tear on, on the elements itself and so our job now after so many years is to peel that that back and try to remove all that stuff that had collected over the, the the certain period of time
0: i like that phraseology that like these films have just been loved i mean and it's and it's one thing too like it's one thing i have to remind myself of and try to remind the audience of every now and then just because like especially I'm, a, I'm i was born in 1995 so when I was growing up, I mean like I turned 6 like when DVDs were starting to become like household. So like I definitely grew up in VHS era, but like yeah. DVDs were like just around the corner. Now we have Blu-rays and 4Ks and and digital and streaming and all that other time, stuff. Yeah. Like but but the thing that I have to remind myself is, of is especially at the time that something like Godfather would have come out, there's people saw it movies in the theaters 15, 16 times because they legitimately believed that was the only time they would ever be able to see that in their life other than being re-released so so that's why titan you know godfather ran for like three years straight or whatever I don't know how, yeah like, massive it's like, time. Yeah. like uh, we don't uh, get it's it's like, amazing like, about 30, these 30 45 days in. release you know and, and there was less films coming out as well so like films would run for part of the reason why titanic is like the third or fourth highest grossing movie of all time is because it ran for forever like because People wanted to see it, and they thought this is the way I can see it. Even though, even even though VHS was out at that time, like it just, it, it's one of those things that I, I just I like the way that you've said, like love marks. Like if a film is going to be that sh- that much shown, like there's going to need to be some pretty extensive wear and tear on it. Yeah,
1: if you watch these printers, I mean, they're not they're 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 absolutely you know it was it was a factory it was a it was a machine and this was a fragile medium and it didn't take much to to get a scratch in there or make a mistake and then and i still we still run into this problem with the conversation it's like no matter how much you could get the film looking going through the lab and you make your film print and it looks uh fantastic but then you show it one time in the theater and first real scratch (laughs) you know it's that fragile you know, it doesn't take much to just ruin the the entire thing. So, um, not intentional, it's just the process. There's so many variables that can go wrong.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, one of the things that one of our writers wanted to know about was uh, he, he wanted to know about the difference between black and white movies and versus color. Have you worked on black and white movies? Yeah, we did
1: Dementia 13. I worked on Is Paris Burning? Is there a difference in restoration? Well, a color uh, can be a little easier because you can. Uh, there's an infrared channel that the scanner can pick up on and it can, it's like digital ice if you've done Photoshop or uh, scanning s- slides or, or negatives, color negatives. Uh, it can scan the layer uh, of the film and know if there's dust particles on it and, and wipe that off. So that's a layer that's helpful. Some kind of introduces artifacts, you have to be careful. But that can give you a little bit of a leg up to speed things up black and white doesn't is not color so it doesn't have that infrared layer so it's uh sometimes a little bit more uh time consuming to do more of a you know hand by, hand picking dust picking by hand frame by frame hmm.
0: yeah I, he yeah he was he was um wondering about the colors since they were kind of typically exaggerated because it was just black and white, so they kind of had to so. Yeah, I think you answered his question. Uh, was Chris sent, sent that in. I, I wanted to know you. You mentioned a story on the Film to Home podcast. Uh, the uh, about somebody emailing you or DMing you on Twitter or something like mad because he thought you messed up a portion of The Godfather Part Two. Uh, yeah, and then it wound up just being one. like a. <laughs> that's, that's good. A, that's, that's a also, great story. Well, it's it's
1: it's interesting because you know how long have we seen Godfather Two? It's been out there for. 50 uh, 48 years uh, and godfather 2 has been under the microscope for so long that now that we do a 4k restoration people are finding things that they didn't know no i'm sure people have noticed it back then but now more and more people see it at home and on the great television that you know, back in godfather so on godfather 2 there's a scene where they're in cuba and they're throwing out everything out of the, they're revolting. There's a revolution going on. And they're throwing these, uh was the casinos, these slot machines out 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 the door and setting fire. Uh, and there's this one shot where there's this big piece of film that blocks two-thirds of the, the frame. You know, and you look at it, it's like, that's weird. What is that? And in camera, as they were shooting, a piece of film had broken off and launched itself onto the film. And so you got this, you got the film, and you got this piece of uh, broken uh, perforations across the frame, and they used it in the film. Uh, and there was a discussion if we should remove it or not. And I said, like, well, it's been there for 50 years. Why? Oh, why? I, you know, it 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 is part of its legacy. It's a fingerprint of its of its time. So we kept mm-hmm. it in there. But someone had noticed it and thought, oh well, we, we had made did some digital artifact or something that we didn't catch. And it's like, nope, that's an artifact of the time and we decided to leave it in there because if you look back on your DVD and you look on your BHS Laserdisc, it's always there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I thought that was like such an interesting story because it's like somebody perceived something as an error that you did, but you're like, no, you just you just haven't noticed it because with the restoration process, like. But it also made me wonder, like, during the process of restoring the films, like, are there are there things that you've noticed that like maybe have changed your experience with these films, like where you might notice, like, oh, I didn't realize this character was here, or I didn't realize this uh, this was shot in a particular way to emphasize. So I, I don't know. Maybe especially the Godfather is a pretty dark movie like um, the restoration one of the best things about it is it really helps clear up all all the images i mean it's much sharper and it's much um much more level it's a little bit more like distinguished but it's an intentionally dark film so like i'm sure the 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 restoration process like are there are there other instances you have of not just godfather but something where you just noticed and you maybe saw something in a different light well, story-wise, you always – I
1: always – Godfather, I like, never get tired of it because one what makes it a classic film is that theres it's so – there's so many layers to it that I, I like. oh, that character is one of the mob bosses. I didn't notice that. He's at the wedding, and I see him later. Oh, I could see the connection. So you start seeing connections when you do frame by frame and you're looking in the background all these characters and how they could fit. I always, I thought this was nice. And I, there's also things about when they're filming. Uh, there's a great shot when Sonny, Sonny is um, being um, assassinated at the Toll Plaza the booth on the mm-hmm. turnpike there. Uh, you could see off frame. You don't, of course, it's matted uh, later for, for a projection and it's framed out. But you could see the guys with their little pellet gun breaking the window with pellets and you could see that filmmaking (laughs) which i that's that is the nice thing when you're working with the negative there's a lot of stuff about the filmmaking process captured on film that people don't actually see when there's a fade or there's a dissolve there's a lot of footage that doesn't actually get shown but is there under the dissolve someone with a clapboard and you could say, "Oh, that's so and so back back then," you know, and and but people actually, if they saw it frame by frame, and they saw the negative, they would see it. But when you're projected, you that that stuff is invisible. So those mm-hmm. are the little gems, or hidden gems when you work on that film.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And and one of the things you mentioned in the other interview was the just sometimes this restoration, especially on these older films with practical effects, like it, it's not really kind to them. But uh, could, but like in a way, I it's. It, it's not really kind to them, but it, it, it shows how things are done, and it show like, it,
1: you know. I, it can be, you know, like, the practical effects of like Apocalypse wore very well. I mean, the, the stuff that they did, you couldn't do, they did the visual effects then, you know, like, you know, Star Wars had its problem. They had to do a lot of little, the the paint a lot of that stuff out, because when you blew that up, you saw the map paintings of traveling through the stars. And so they had to cover that up. So the early days of digital or, or the, the, those visuals did sort of kind of fall apart in there. Thankfully films like uh you know apocalypse we didn't we didn't we didn't experience that because you know the explosion was real. <laughs> you know, we did light the entire jungle on fire with a, hundreds of gallons of gasoline, you know. Yeah. We couldn't do that today.
0: <laughs> but right, right, right. <laughs> and still why it looks real you know it was real sure um so i guess can you can you give an example of uh, of a particular a film or style or something like like what in your mind especially as somebody in the business somebody who knows what to look for what is an example of of like a a really great restoration and what is an example of uh, of a not so great one like either just by here the things to look for or you know when you watch this, you know, when you when you watch yeah, Godfather, I, I, like you can see and and not to like see. Yeah, like I know every or company uh, yeah, or anything all the studios. Out.
1: Generally the studios have have great people working from them. They're all, you know, of like mind, you know. Uh from, from Sony to, to Paramount. We're we're all kind of sort of cut from the same cloth. Uh and I know I know that their heart is in the right place to make the best best restoration. Um so I, I wouldn't say call out bad restoration. You know, sometimes what happens is, you know, when disks are manufactured, there's a lot of times these things get uh, problematic, you know, mm. trying to crunch it into one disk uh, sure. for cost-saving mister. Uh, the restoration might have been perfect, but sometimes, you know, when you're trying to crunch all that data into to, to one disk or two firms into one disk, you know, something has to give. You know, there's more compression or what? So sometimes it falls falls apart. There uh, doesn't mean that the restoration is bad because I know the people. It works. So I, it's hard I hard to say. And I, but um, good restorations. You know, I'm always ha- I, from from Bob Harris to the what Sony has done, uh, Rita and Grover uh, to all the stuff that uh, uh, Andrea and, and Paramount. I, I they're, they're good work. They're good people to 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 model after. You know um so i don't want to i i can't i can't can't criticize any any of their work because there are always challenges that a lot of people don't realize was a problem but they perceive it as oh that was you know like i said with the film strip you know someone thought that was a problem so uh that was introduced by the restoration process which was was not so
0: sure um yeah, and
1: I was not trying to get you to drag anybody on the bus. So no, I don't know. No. Uh, <laughs> but I know I'm on. I can say I can vouch for all. all of the studios have great, wonderful archivists that all come from the same tradition. They're wanting to do do good work. You know that this this where I'm not anyone unusual. I'm not different. I know these people. They're all we're all talk the same thing. You know, so um, so people we should just be. Take that in mind when you review. Thank you.
0: Sure, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of one. It thing should be more of a I,
1: discussion of why you know where are the things, but it's not. No one's out there to just you know put their own fingerprints. Uh, maybe there are some out there that will do that, but it's certainly not the people I work with. You
0: know. I uh, one one of these questions I really love asking, especially people that are part of the industry to some degree, is like, what is one film that you wish you could have worked on? Um, but like in your in your degree, like. In your field of work, like you kind of have the luxury of like, there's still so many films out there that could use a good restoration. Like, and a lot of people's answers would have been The Godfather. So you kind of like just well, I uh, answered was going to be The Godfather,
1: Godfather too. I I didn't think we would have restored it um, when when Andrea came back to us and told us that they were going back to it. You know, we we said, well, what more could could be done? And I thought, you know, the been said, and it turns out, you know, yeah, HDR came along and wanted to do that. More stuff had been. Found and unearthed and I said oh well I didn't never thought that would't been um, uh, something that's an option but it fortunately fell fell into our laps I, uh, what I would love to do is the other earlier stuff that, of zootropes, the thX or American graffiti would be wonderful to, to 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 work on so my focus is kind of stuff that's related to zoetrope or related to the the, the, the uh, copla um, uh, work and, 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 and try to get those looking as best as, 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 po- as possible. Um, once in a while, I you know I have done outside films. I've done, um, if you're love of visual effects, you should check out Carl Zeman's work. I did, uh, worked, fortunately did two films in Prague, uh, Invention for Destruction and, um, uh, the fabulous Baron Munchausen, fifties, sixties films, fantastic visual effects. You know for the 50s and 60s they're incredible i mean contemporary of Ray, Ray harry but uh here is carl Zaman doing some incredible work that sort of inspired people like monty python and you know, terry gilliam love this work so um those are kind of they fell out of nowhere but i was so so fortunate to to be asked to, to be involved um uh, i i'd like to do other films that were made uh in this area santa cruz uh, other silent films uh, there's things that uh, I'm cooking up to try to uh, uh, work, work on those, those films that don't necessarily get um, attention or love that they, that they deserve. So,
0: hmm. Yeah. it's a, I just, I love that question. Cause it's like, like, especially recently, like we've gotten a really great star Wars remaster. and We've gotten a really great, uh, the Indiana Jones 4k recently. Like yeah. if, if you mentioned Raiders being one of your favorite, like that, that looks great. Uh, Back to yeah. the future. Yes. And and it's like, did a wonderful job. There's like really, and, really yeah. great. T- tons of great stuff out there that, that's been restored. So it's just like, what is that like? Like, I would really love to. So I, I just, I love, I love asking that question. Um, uh, and then there's certainly guess, not
1: a shortage of films out there, sure. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's a ton of them in the pro. Like, I believe i uh, I'd be really surprised if, if there is not a team of probably tons of people working on Avatar right now, like for a, you know, because of the sequel coming out, but yeah, um, I guess um a question that doesn't really fit anywhere else in this interview but I thought was was in, would be interesting is I'd love to know like the era of modern film restoration like when when did that really start and like was there sort of a pioneer for that like uh to to make it like either a studio or a person or I guess I guess when did people start valuing valuing Probably so many this people level? you know
1: late 90s, 2000s, when it's sort of that digital restoration was coming, coming out, bridging out of the photochemical restoration, uh, which was very limiting, uh, it, making film to film and doing what they could do to hide scratches through, um, uh, through the printing process. But it could only go so far. It was really the advent of, of, of digital tools in the 2000s that, uh, lowry digital uh was a pioneer um no no longer there in, in that capacity but a lot it, it's not one person these all sort of came about through various facets of the industry to solve problems and where were um problems found that and where were these people that, that had to deal with it usually it came from visual effects if there was a problem in post or a problem in production visual effects had to solve that problem there was a problem with dirt. They had visual effects artists. So that evolution sort of already took something that was already existing and said, okay, well, can you help us restore? And so it kind of, kind of came out of that, that traditional, uh, that visual effects tradition to, to, to work on restorations in the digital era. Mm.
0: That's uh, really interesting. It's not like... visual
1: art- effects. I sort of, you know, uh, and the, the piece of the, the tools that I work, Diamant, didn't necessarily come out of that, uh, that, that tradition. But um, it it you see you know a lot of other students will use phoenix or smoke or or other and, and solve the problems you know and again there's not one package that will solve all your problems there is not one and so you have to use different tools or different software to, to try to to try to solve your problems in the end sometimes you there's problems you can't fix and so you leave it for another day
0: <laughs> yeah of course um uh... So so you mentioned you're currently working on a project and, and I guess the, the question I have listed here is what's next for you, uh meaning what what projects might be next. But I guess I, I guess with your role, with your capacity, like are you more so assigned projects or is it more so no, like how, how do you how do you get your next project?
1: No, I look at what's, you know, coming up as an anniversary or what film is next. Uh clearly One from the Hearts, forty years uh this year's so I'm a little behind on that, but uh uh, I'm trying to get that out. Uh, Conversation is going to be turning 50 fairly soon, so as soon as One from the Heart's done, I'll turn my attention to to that. There's a few other little titles uh, in our library that you know. So it's a generally important dates that come up. Uh, when's the last time we worked with it? And
0: so it's, it's all driven by our own our own schedule. So sure, that's really interesting. I like that. I'll be very excited to see the conversation. That's a, that's a really great movie. Well, We we made
1: two, uh, two great 35 millimeter prints uh, elements that we made about 20 years ago, which we never really did anything with. We were supposed to do a theatrical a long time ago with Rialto, but it just never materialized. And of course, uh, 2019, 2019, 20, uh, 2019, I approved two prints, got them ready. 2020 comes. They scheduled the release, got great reviews, got great press, and then New York shuts down. It's COVID. <laughs> so it's like 20 years in the making and we still are having trouble uh, rele- releasing it. So uh, that was supposed to be done a couple of years ago, but now that's just that just got out this year. And uh, we were hoping for a little distance because then it, the 4K... 4K restoration, actual restoration of it, you know, give a reason for people to come back. He's like, didn't we just see it? I'm like, well, yes, you saw it. We're we're doing we're doing the actual restoration now, so hopefully people will want to come and see that.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll count me in. So, uh, so then uh, I guess just two two quick follow uh, like ending questions. One of them is just if people want to, to to talk about. Uh, this this process or film with you or if people want to follow you know, see what you have to say uh, like w- what is somewhere that that people go i to, always like engage with people on twitter
1: uh, az film archivist at az film archivist uh that's uh in twitter just uh, follow me there and uh, usually i usually have a great discussion people are interested in in learning about or projects um we could have a dialogue there i think that was the, that's actually if anything twitter is that that's uh, been a good forum uh to engage with with people so
0: well and one of the things i particularly love it, it is somebody that follows you is that like you will bring insight into things like you know quote tweeting something that that happens and just be like yeah here's how this works or
1: thankfully like, it's get- been all positive you always have those people that are like oh my god you get these trolls or whatever thankfully people have been very kind supportive and they want to learn so this has been a very positive <laughs> interaction yeah, so- i'm not much for social media but um <laughs> Uh, so it's, if it's, you it's, want a
0: positive experience, make sure to give James a follow on Twitter, and, and, and so. you have to be positive back. I don't want any trolls going over there. So. You know what I mean, though. It could go in Absolutely. a weird direction. Absolutely, but that's that's the beauty of the unfollow button is you can allow whatever yeah. sort of positivity or negativity you like. You know. Yes.
1: Well, um, I I don't, you know I don't shy we don't shy away from controversy because you know there's always there's always things of. Uh, you know, people don't like, and that's fine. But there, there is a reason why, and that this is there's a discussion that can be had. So,
0: so the, the last question I just want to ask you is uh, is we've got to talk a lot about a lot of different movies, and what I really want to know is what is one movie, TV show, something that you've been checking out that you would really like to say, hey, um, I've been loving this, and I think you'd love this too. You should go check this out.
1: Uh, only Murders in the Building have been uh, great. I've uh, been enjoying that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. On,
0: it's on, yeah. on
1: my queue for forever. I, I feel I've been, so I, I, really, I, I, I really enjoy. It. It's great, Martin Short and great uh, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez. It's a great, uh, great kind of release. Uh, but God, yeah, that's what I'm currently watching. But amongst other <laughs> things, so um, that's the one that stands out at the moment.
0: Sure, and that's so. season two is airing at the moment. Season
1: correct? two, yes. Now we have to wait a week. Now it fe- seems so old-fashioned to wait a week when it drops. It's like I liked it when we could have binge all in you know, all in one time. So
0: yeah, but I like the week-to-week release because like it gives you a chance to talk about like have you seen the new episode recently? Like oh, what do you I, think? I, the I'll, next episode. I'll give you a movie? throwback
1: that I'm also watching. Uh, the Prisoner, 1967. Have you seen that? I've not. Patrick McGowan, kind of a James Bond, uh, retiring James Bond, or he quits and he is kidnapped and sent to an island. Or, or we don't know where it is. Uh, and he's trying to figure it out, but he's he, they're wondering why he resigned, you know? And 17 episodes, it's great, bizarre British television, uh, but it always stood out, and I'm revisiting that because I saw that when I was in high school, and that's a fun one. So The Prisoner, 1967, uh, 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 with Patrick McGowan, a gr- great, great series. It's, well... yeah, it's really far out. <laughs> Where, where can i
0: find that is that on, Hulu uh, it's or, on amazon um, you can
1: buy it for for the season so got it cool yeah
0: very nice uh so I, have, <laughs> I have a very
1: eclectic taste it's all over the map so
0: <laughs> well i mean that's that's the true sign of a film lover right you can watch anything so there you go a couple of recommendations for you as we head out here but uh jay I just want to say thanks again for your time really appreciate it i loved getting a chance to talk to you listen to you mostly uh, yeah. Well, really I appreciate, appreciate it.
1: That. And it's always good to you know, people who care about it and want to want to engage. It's always, always fun. So hopefully we can continue the discussion a, in another medium. So
0: Let, yeah, let's do it. We, we'll, we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk again uh, at some point. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you.
0: Of course. Um,